So, last week we had a very wonderful guest speaker, Veer Swami Shivatmananda, thank you, Shivatmananda Saratat Maharaj from Chinmay Mission Visiting. What a beautiful, inspiring class on the Minakshi Pancharatam of Shankaracharya. And that broke our, our series. We've been, we've been reading, giving classes on the reading from Swami Vivekananda's Bhakti Yoga. But today we're not going to read from the Shivananda, from Vivekananda Bhakti Yoga, because today is Holy Mother, Sharada Devi's birthday. Although I think Vedanta Saitis are celebrating tomorrow, but actually by the Titi, she is born on Saptami. So this is Saptami, post Saptami. Uh, in, in, in a late last night, would have been India's morning. So already they were doing, we were watching Mangalarati and all the beautiful ceremonies at Belamat and Chennai Ashram and all those very, very beautiful. Many tens of thousands of people will attend the Belarmat functions. Although I saw it was raining, so it's probably so a lot of the displays were covered in plastic, so that's always a bit of a damper, right? When it keeps the crowds down also. But so we did this morning we did Ma's Puja. You can see extra decoration, all the flowers in the morning puja. We did it in a simple way. We couldn't usually her puja requires a homa. The Maha Puja requires certain Things you have puja, abhishekam, bog, homa. There's these these parts that are done, but because of the fire danger, fire fire danger, uh, it was, it's. I don't think we could. If we did something, it wouldn't be any danger. But the neighbors smell smoke. Every time I smell smoke, I run outside to look, because we have to be every second counts in this particular situation. Hopefully, in a few days, this will pass, uh, at least in our area. So because today is Holy Mother's birthday, I think maybe we just read uh, from about the life of Holy Mother. And today is her birthday, her Advent day, probably better, Jayanti, the day she appeared. I thought we could read something about her birth. She had a remarkable birth. Can you, can you give me, there's a red booklet here, that uh, Arati hymns. Is there one there? Uh, the, the, our, our version. Oh. The red book, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Well, so I think I'll read from Swami Chaitananda's new book, Sri Sharada Devi and Her Divine Play. It's one of his master. If you haven't read this book, you should read this book. It's an updated. There's, there's. It's an updated biography of Holy, uh, Sha, Holy Mother Sharada Devi. It's quite wonderful. There's so many things. There's many books on her, and but there's many things that have never been published in English. Many things in the book that have never been published in Bengali. They're only in, and diary notes of monks, little details like that. And then the re- arrangement has never been done like this. So the way he's arranged. So it's really over a thousand page 
book. It really uh, what a, what a uh, inconceivable benefit Swamiji has done by presenting this book. He kind of envisioned it kind of like a, a, a sister book to uh, the Lila Prashanda, the Ramakrishna is the Divine Play, so he called it Haradevi and Her Divine Play. That great book by Swami Shardana that he also translated. And that translation is also a masterpiece. The book, original book in uh, uh, in Bengali was translated many years ago, but don't mean to criticize translators, right? The earlier translators, uh, uh, nobody read it as a result, <laughs> right? So the last hundred years, the, the great master, nobody reads. If you need to look something up, you look up, look at, you know, what, when, when was Sri Ramakrishna, what was the detail, which day was he born, you look it up. But you don't read it just to, as meditation. And so uh, uh, that, that book is a, what a great treasure that he, now it's, I mean, it's one of my favorite books. I go to it all the time. It's so easy to read and so much beautiful detail. So, I'm about Shadar Devi. I'll just start reading. This is, I'm reading from page 25. Birth and early life of Shadar Devi. Swamiji starts with a, uh, the, with the verse, first verse of the hymn uh, written by Swami Abedananda. We didn't sing it, maybe we'll sing it tonight. Pakritim paramam abayam bararam nararupa daram janataapaharam shranagata sevakatoshakarim pranamami param jananim jagatam. So, this, ver- this, this hymn, in very chaste Sanskrit by uh, Swami Abedananda, Sri Ramakrishna's direct disciple, um, it's of course it's it's it can be done in a class. It's a beautiful, almost a classical song, right? And and so sophisticated, but the content is sublime. So Swamiji starts with it. I'll read my version of it. Pakritim paramam abhyam baradam. That pakriti, the parama pakriti. Who is holding mother? We worship her, and we we have so much faith in her. But who who is it that that whose birthday we're celebrating? That who who is it that married? Ramakrishna, you know, so she is, so when there's one, another page, I mean, there's a, a disciple who came to um, Swami, Sh- a devotee who came to Swami Shardananda, who is Thakur's disciple and uh, the attendant of Holy Mother, and said, I have a problem. He was your problem. He said, I don't have faith in Holy Mother. He was quite shocked because he had, he had so much faith in Holy Mother. He said, well, Sri Ramakrishna, we believe is God, right? He says, but I don't have faith in Holy Mother. Right. I can't believe that she is God. So how do you how do you have faith that Sri Ramakrishna is God? Well, he was always in Samadhi, right? You know, we saw him always in Samadhi. And Holy Mother, we didn't see him some, all the time in these spiritual ecstasies. Of course, somebody being in Samadhi is not proof that they're God. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's an interesting type of thing. But um, so he said, but so Sharananda said, so you think he's God? You think Sri Ramakrishna is God? He says, yes, I, I believe Sri Ramakrishna is God. So you don't believe Sri Ramakrishna is God, right? Because if you did, you know, so God, the absolute supreme Bhagavan, Right, he married just a, a farmer's daughter. You believe, you know, it's like that. You don't think she's Bhagavati, then you don't believe he's Bhagavan. Right, so he's like, you know, it's like if whoever Sri Holy Mother, whoever you think Holy Mother is, depends on who you think Sri Ramakrishna is. Right, he's not a normal man, and people that his connections are not normal. There's a uh, a little scene I'm remembering in our ashram in Allahabad. We, I bought from the Ramakrishna Mission in De, in, in Allahabad. A, you know, the, the Thakur, Mahan, Swamiji, the standard, kind of like, the, the standard set for the ashram. And it was put kind of near the Shivalingam, the Kali image at our, at our ashram. 
And you know, the, the, our ashram is you know these young boys, and not everybody they're from they're mountain boys from Assam, right? So not of them have not been exposed to Ramakrishna like that. So one of the boys was asking, uh, who who they know who Sri Ramakrishna is because he's famous, and Swami Vivekananda is also famous. But who's she? And so I was trying to how to say in my whatever Hindi I could say that oh this is his wife, right? And another little boy, Gitanan, he was nine years old. He got he goes no. Right, not wife. He says, "Bhagavan, Bhagavati, bus," and he got him off and left. He's got this is God and the goddess. Bus. That was like <laughs> a little nine-year-old boy slapped me down, <laughs> trying to over-explain, you know. But so who? So Swami Bhairavnath starts Pakritim Paramam. He, she is the supreme Pakriti, right? So uh, in in yeah, she is the primordial nature. In, in in Sankhya, that could be primordial nature, Mother Nature herself, right? In uh. uh or Pakriti in, 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 in Shaktism is the supreme Shakti. It's the, the energy behind everything. She's not just Shakti, she's the Parama Pakriti, Parama Shakti. She's the supreme uh, uh, force behind that animates everything. Abhayam Bharadam. And she's giving, who is that? She's also giving fearlessness, the grantor of fearlessness. Nararupa Dharam Janatapaharam. Nara Rupa Dharam. She is the support of all humans. Right. So in the vision, we think, oh, she's our support. Right. You know, we, 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 gain, we, gain, we gain strength by thinking of her and praying to her and following, reading about her. Uh, uh, but that's individually. She's my support. I can say I'm trying to make her my support. Right. But this hymn is saying she's Paramapakriti. Right. She's the support of everything. All mankind, all humankind. Nara Rupa Dharam. Right, support of everything. Janata Paharam, and remover of all suffering, all the sufferings of this human birth. She is the one who soothes it and removes it. Sharanagata Sevaka, Sharanagata Sevaka, Tosha Karin. And she's the one who grants, uh, uh, she's the abode of, she's the shelter of those who are her servants, those who worship her. Those who serve her, her sevakas, she's the one who gives refuge, she's the refuge of, uh, the grantor of refuge and joy. Shelter of joy, you could say. Pranamami param jananim jagatam. Pranamami, I bow, to who? Paramam jananim jagatam. That supreme jananim, mother of jagatam, the universe. Right, so... This is it's a big it's a big opening statement, right? He says this is a village woman, right? A uh, daughter of a very very poor Brahmin farmer, right? Uh, 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 but uh, we're, we're, the claim is that she is the supreme goddess, the grantor of fearlessness, support of all humankind, right? The, uh, and the, the the grantor of joy and shelter, of, uh, the remover of suffering, the grantor of joy and shelter for to her devotees. It's a very big <laughs> statement. Right. <clears throat> Maybe I'll read more of these verses. I like these verses very much, but I want. He started with this verse, and that's all. I wanted to read that verse. Sharada Devi was born into a pious Brahmin family. Her father, Ramachandra Mukhopadhyay, was devout, truthful, and upright. Although poor, he would not accept gifts from just anyone. Now that ver- that line is it said the same thing of of Sri Ramakrishna's father. That he was he was so pious that he wouldn't accept gifts from everybody, 
That's a weird thing to say. That's not, it's a different conception. Now we think a pious person who doesn't make any distinctions and will accept alms or, or, or gifts or food from anybody. Right? But this is a very different conception. These are, this is you know, 180 years ago, 200, almost 200 years ago with the, the scenes happening in village Bengal. So it was a different world. Right? And so although he was, he was, um, um, and he was from a Brahmin family, but not just any Brahmin family, this is not the normal... Uh, he was one sense that line could be following his 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 uh, varnashram dharma, right? As understood at at that time, it's that understanding is changing. That all like we shouldn't take food or shouldn't touch things given by other people. That's that could be what it, that line means. It's there, right? You know, but what's really understood is that 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 this is an ancient spiritual culture. These were yogis, although he was a farmer, right? But he was not a regular farmer. Right. You have to think, in his, even Holy Mother later says that, that my family was not normal. Otherwise, how can I take birth to them? Right. They're not normal parents. Right. They, they're, they were actually, you know, we, in, 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 the, in the Bhagavatam, we read about Devaki and, and uh, uh, Vasudev, how, to, how, they got, how they got Krishna to be birth. In their previous life, I'm, forget, I'm embarrassed, I don't remember their names, but they were great yogis, doing thousands of years of tapasya. Right? And then Vishnu appeared, and then they prayed, Let me, you have to be born as our, as our child. Right? So who knows, these are great yogis, and yogis are very sensitive to all kinds of things. Right? So they, uh, everything they take, is very, they're very careful, from, only from, from very pure people, from very religious-minded people. Because it fits into our conversation a couple weeks ago about the purity of food. Right? From purity of food, the, the purity of mind, from purity of mind comes remembrance of God, from remembrance of God comes... The destruction of all, uh, uh, the, remo- the liberation from all bondage, right? So this is the thing, what you take in is what you become. So the yogis are very careful to reinforcing that birth, very careful. Because actually you think from his body and from his wife's body, from the things they take, from the food they take, from the money, even you know, like, uh, from impure food, from, from money that comes from, an, from a bad source, that also has an energy that makes the food, you know, from the, you have to think the, the, the most pure uh, substance creates the most subtle aspect of our body, which, gives, which is what creates a new body. Right? And so, so that's why the, you see the, the yogis, great saints and great... I um, uh, can't say saints because saints are made by sadhana. These are, we're not, we consider her a saint, but today we're not glorifying her as a saint. We're glorifying her as a supreme goddess of the universe incarnate. Right? So... Uh, uh, a very pure vessel has to, has to, has to uh, from the purest material, only from the most sattvic material can she be born, can be made. Ramachandra had three brothers, Trilokya, Ishura, and Nila, Nila, uh, Nilmadev, Nilmadeva. Trilokya was a Sanskrit scholar, but he died in his youth. Nilmadeva was a bachelor, and Ishura earned a very small amount of money by performing rituals in some of some homes in Calcutta. The brothers all lived together, and Sharada grew up in a large extended family. Her mother, Shamasundari Devi, was deeply spiritual and came from the, the Manjumdar, Manjumdar family of Sihar. Sharada's maternal grandfather was Hari Prashad Majumdar, who had five sons. I mentioned their names. Sharada later described her parents. My father was a righteous man, a sincere devotee of Lord Ramachandra. At least Sri Ramakrishna's family is also Ram Bhaktas. 
you know, that's interesting. Both the both Holy Mother and and Thakur and Ma are both devotees of Lord Ram by their family. It's also interesting because it's not that far. I'm just thinking a little side note, a historical side note for further research. I, I know somebody I can ask about this, uh, but uh, that the uh, Drambati Kamapakur, the village where Sri Ramakrishna and Holy Mother were born, is only. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just remembering when I on your drive on the way there you pass Navadvipa uh, um, Mayapur, right? So it's probably thirty, maybe thirty miles distance, right? But uh, but the and so this was a Bengal. This is a Vaishnava families. These two families are Vaishnava families, right? But they weren't the what you think of the as, as what we think of Gaudiya Vaishnava, as, as Chaitanya, Nityananda, Radha Krishna, right? This is a very old. This is the This is the. Uh, 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 it's interesting, you know, because even Sri Ramakrishna, of course, we believe who he, we, uh, uh, his connection with Chaitanya, but in his own story of his own history, he wasn't, he had to, uh, until he had visions of Chaitanya, he was not, wasn't 100% sure, right? Because it wasn't his family tradition. Most people in, in Bengali, they, they grew up with the family of Chaitanya, uh, Gornitai, but Sri Ramakrishna and Holy Mother were worshippers of Ram. I thought it was interesting. My father was a righteous man, a sincere devotee of Ramachandra. He had a, such a good heart, an amiable nature, that anyone passing by his house, would he would invite it to share a smoke, hubble bubble. <coughs> Not in Laguna, though. Not allowed anymore. <laughs> he, he greatly enjoyed smoking tobacco and prepare a smoke himself. My mother was kind and guileless and loved to feed people. She carefully managed every detail of her household and collected the things that were necessary for the whole year. She would say, my household is for God and his devotees. How could I have been born, Holy Mother said, my, how can I have been born in that family if my father and mother had not practiced religious austerities? The birth of an avatar or a saint is often associated with supernatural phenomenon. For example, as Ramakrishna's mother, Chandramani, once stood in front of the Yogi Shiva temple in Kamapakur, she was surrounded by light and later felt that she had conceived a child. At the same time, Ramakrishna's father, Kshudiram, was in Gaya. Lord Vishnu appeared before him and said he wanted to be born as his son. So this is interesting because Holy Mother will say that I was born like, just like Thakur. So this is what the, the, the Sri Ramakrishna's father already, they had their children, they're already quite elderly by, uh, for, not elderly by, by modern standards, but by those standards, they were, they were, it was not common to have children at that age, uh, uh, Thakur and, and, and uh, uh, Sri Ramakrishna's parents. They already had their children. And Sri Ram was on pilgrimage to um, Gaya doing the uh, Shrad Pinda offerings for his ancestors to uh, Gaya Vishnu. And he had a dream. Uh, well, he was sleeping in a field, I believe. He had a dream that he saw huge, uh, the, the court of Lord Vishnu, a green body, like Lord Ram described as the, the color of fresh grass, right? The, uh, this color. And uh, Gaya Vishnu, Gada Vishnu. And on both sides of, of the throne were all of his ancestors chanting Vedakins. It's also very interesting that you know, and uh, uh, and and then and then Lord Vishnu speaks to uh, Ram and says, "It's my desire 
to be born into your home, right, and accept uh, your 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 uh, your service. And Shudra immediately is, I'm very poor. We're a very poor family. We, I cannot guarantee we, can, we can't feed you properly. We can't serve you properly. Right? Choose something different. Right? Because no, 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 no. I'm being born in your family. Whatever simple rice you cook for me, it'd be sufficient. I'll be satisfied with that. And then his brain broke. He said, what, wow, what a, you know, one of those dreams. What a, what a dream I have. You know? Roughly at the same time, so the story goes. This is what uh, this is mentioning. Uh, Sri Ramakrishna's mother, Chandramani, she was just outside, you've been to Jambati, or just, okay, I mean, literally from, the, the, from Sri Ramakrishna's bedroom, where he grew up, right, to this temple is between here and the Shiva Lingam outside. It's like from here, just, just there, right? 150 feet maximum, 100 feet probably. Um, uh, uh, it's called the Yogi Shiva Temple, the Shiva of the Yogis. And just a Shiva, just like almost identical to ours, just a little bigger, and a beautiful classical Bengali style, and she was, she'd go there to do her puja, and so she was bathing one afternoon, I believe, with her uh, attendant, uh, called uh, Dani, kind of her maid servant, um, and she, she began to see light coming from the Shivalingam, and pulsing, and swirling, and frequently, like very, like, she was having some experience, and then she felt a beam of that light went, uh, kind of entered her, and overwhelmed her, and she fainted. Right, and then they they brought her back, and you know, and and she said, "Oh, I feel." She said, "Since that time, I feel I'm pregnant." Right. So this is. So we, this is something like an immaculate conception. Can't say virgin birth because she had uh, three or four children by this point. So it's not that that type of miraculous claim, and we're not going to claim. I mean, because uh, the immaculate conception, that type of idea, and within. Other religions has a very deep spiritual meaning, and if we push it too far into biology, it falls apart. I mean, you you, you can only you need DNA strands. You know, I mean, there's 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 a scientific thing. We're not talking that, right? Whatever it means, this is the way the story has come, right? And like Buddha was born from the side of of his, his mother. So this is a very common thing when a divine being is born. It's not a normal birth. Whatever it is, it's not a normal birth, right? Some mysterious signs happen. That's the, that's what he was trying to show, right? Both because this is something inconceivable, how the, how the infinite can take birth is inconceivable. And the only thing about that is going to be, not, it's going to be mirac- seeming miraculous, right? But also, even at, at the mythological, spiritual level, but even ob- observable, such births, mysterious things happen when such beings are born, right? Um, this is recorded in all the scriptures, so this is what uh, Samaji is writing here. Kaushalya became pregnant with Ramachandra when she ate sacrificial cake. This is when Lord Rama was born. His uh, mother and father were doing a yagya, and uh, a deity appeared with uh, not sacrificial cake. I mean, it was paishan, I think, right? It was like a sweet rice, uh, or cake came to her, but it was sweet rice. And she said, and then Lord Rama was born, trying to show some miraculous, not a normal birth, right? Uh, Lord Vishnu himself entered the womb of Devaki, Krishna's mother. Right? And Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, as the angel Gabriel had foretold. So these are stories in the past. So I was trying to show that like it happened in the past, it happened again. So I mean, Shardananda, he, we talked about this, as, yeah, actually maybe we were talking a little bit about it yesterday, uh, that he says that, that, uh, that as a modern intellectual Hindu of his time, right, a Western influence, he's like, he's like, 
know these stories about Krishna right, and Rama. They, they, we have, they have faith. I mean, if we pray for Krishna, we pray for Rama. We celebrate Janmasmi, uh, uh, Ramnavami, Hanuman Jayanti, like that. Sing Hanuman Chalisa. But we don't really, we don't have much, this is mostly exaggerated praise, right? That's not giving. Uh, but then he said, but when he, then we met Sri Ramakrishna. And Sri Ramakrishna, the type of things that are described in those texts, Sri Ramakrishna, we saw those things in Sri Ramakrishna's life. Right? So it made us think that if, it's, if it was true with him, maybe it was true with them. Right? So, that they, so he gave him great faith in, 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 Ram, in Rama and, and, and Krishna and Buddha and Jesus because, because he saw somebody like that. But it did something, it did something else also. This is a, a kind of a... He said, but if that's true, if, if Sri Ramakrishna was like them and therefore we believe in them, then we can interpret all the all the stories around them to be like Sri Ramakrishna, right? Like uh, so that's so uh, kind of reverse engineered the, uh, the the their view, right? So that 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 uh, uh, so like, and I won't go to I don't want to get veer off. It's a different important topic. <laughs> another uh, be a good class actually. <laughs> maybe, maybe another class in important time. The mystical event is also a mystical event is also associated with Sharada's birth. What, uh, I'm going to skip what Swamiji writes because Holy Mother said, repeats it, and I'll just read her own words. Later, Holy Mother recounted this incident. My birth was like the Master's, was like Thakur's. My mother went to Shihar, Sihar, to see the deity. On her way home, she suddenly felt an urge to answer the calls of nature, and she went to the bushes under a nearby tree. It was a false urge. So she went, actually, she, I've been to that spot. Right? Now I think there's a shrine there. At that time, there was only a plaque. Right? Now I think they've, they've, they've built something there. I've seen pictures online. Maybe even, nope, oh, not online. I saw it this morning when I looked at the book. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I can keep giving these classes. <laughs> My brain's getting mushy. But uh, now there's a little temple on that spot. But when I went 20 years ago, last time I went to, the, to Sihar, uh, uh, it was different. There's a, a famous Shiva temple there. Uh, I think Shiva temple, Vishnu temple, I don't remember. And nearby, there's a marketplace, and nearby, she, she, they said she went there, and then she felt the call of nature, so she went into the bushes, which is, a, at that time, a village, there was no other arrangements, right? And she went under a tree, and, and then something happened. Holy Mother said it was a false urge, so it wasn't, she thought she was, she was squatting to go to the bathroom, but something else happened to her, something mysterious happened to her, right? She felt as if air entered her womb, making her feel very heavy. She remained in that condition. Then my mother saw a beautiful girl, five or six years, clad in a red sari, descending from the tree. And that thing, a little girl came down from a tree. She put her tender arms around my mother's neck and said, here I, I, here, I come to your home, mother. My mother fell down unconscious and had to be carried home. The girl entered my mother's womb, and thus I was born. So some form of the goddess came down as a story as we have, have faith that this happened. It's also not a normal birth. At the same time, Sharada's father, Ramachandra, was in Calcutta. So just like Holy Mother, Sri Ramakrishna, his father and mother are both having experiences. Holy Mother, his father and mother, both had such experiences. At the same time, Sharada's father, Ramachandra, was in Calcutta. But before he left Rambati, he had an extraordinary experience. One day when he was napping after his noon meal, he had a vivid dream in which an exquisitely beautiful young girl appeared. 
She had a golden complexion, was wearing precious jewelry. As she tenderly embraced his neck, he asked, uh, sorry. As she tenderly embraced his neck, he asked who she was. She replied in a musical voice, You see, I have come to your family. Ramachandra was convinced that this was an auspicious omen, and his interpretation of the dream was that Mother Lakshmi had revealed herself to him so he could make money performing rituals in Calcutta. Now, because this is a little detail that his farm was not, he was very poor. He grew, maybe it's mentioned here, perhaps, he grew, they grew potatoes and they grew some cotton, some rice, but it wasn't really sufficient. And so as a Brahmin, he would also do some, some pujas for people and sometime go into Calcutta. So we were thinking maybe she'll bring, this is Lakshmi and Lakshmi is coming to my house and she'll bring me some, bring some wealth this way. Right. <coughs> when he returned to, from Calcutta, Shamasundari told him about her vision. The simple couple had no doubt about the authenticity of their visions. They were certain that the divine child would be born to them. Ramachandra kept away from his wife until the birth of the child. Sharada Devi, the first child of Ramachandra and Shamasundari, was born on Thursday evening, 22nd December, 1853. So, of course, today is not the 22nd December. This is the, she was born, we would say, Posha, Ma, Poshmash, Shuk, uh, Krishna Paksha, Saptami Titi. That's, that's how it would be figured out. The, the, uh, the seventh day of the dark fortnight. And we're in the dark fortnight where Kamabash is coming next week. Like this. By the Christian calendar, it could be December 22nd. 21st, 22nd, I've heard, it must be 22nd. In 1853, as was customary, as soon as she was born, a concha was blown to announce, uh, announce the good news. Her family named her, her family name was Sharada Mani, or Sharada. Sharada Mani is the Sharada, the jewel Sharada. And Sharada is a name for goddess Saraswati. Sharada. And actually, one of the hymns even says, although the goddess of mercy, a goddess of, let me see, uh, Somewhere in one of the, one of the verses also says of her hymn says although you are Sharada the goddess of knowledge, you you are and describes her in a very simple way, and actually some of Vivekananda said that 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 uh, anyway who she is is very mysterious but Holy Mother also many times says she she's Sharada she's a goddess of learning herself, other times she says she's Lakshmi. Right, so like her, her father had that vision of Lakshmi coming. Right? Uh, um, so her name is So there's a. F- I I'd read in some other books, and Swamiji put it in the footnote, right, to to confirm it, of how she got that name. Right, exactly. She was supposed to be named uh, Shamankari. Shamankari probably means the the uh, forgiveness. I think right. Shama means I think forgiveness. I think. Right, that was supposed to be the name, but she, the mother, had a sister who had a daughter who died, and they named that girl Sharada, and the girl had died, and so she asked uh, uh, Holy Mother's mother, "You please name your daughter Sharada." Therefore, I'll, I'll in my mind, I will think that my daughter has been reborn in your family, and that I won't miss her. Mm-hmm. Right, and so out of love, she accepted this uh, thing and changed. Uh, the name was changed or chosen 
like this. So her, that's how she got the word. Even her name comes from a selfless act, right? I'm a lot from a mother of a lost child. Very significant for her personality and character in her life. In the course of time, this holy couple had six other children, a daughter named uh, Kadambini and five sons, Prasanna, Umesh, Kalikumar, Badra, and Abhai. Kadambini was married to Sudharma, Chak uh, Sudharma Chakrabarti of, of uh, Kokanda village, but she died young without having any children. Umesh died when she was 17 or 18 years old and wasn't married. Abhai died while in medical school, leaving Sharada Devi to look after his wife, Surabha, and daughter Radhu, who was born after his death. Radhu becomes an important character in Holy Mother. Those who know Holy Mother's life, she was constantly taken care of. She was a little disturbed, and so she, was, she kind of inherited the care of this, this disturbed daughter. Almost amongst the past avatars, except Ramachandra and Buddha, Almost all past avatars, except Ramachandra and Buddha, began their lives in sorrows and hardships. It seemed that their personal experiences of suffering helped them to understand the sufferings of humanity and their role in relieving them. The avatar's primary mission is to re replace degraded and corrupt religious practices with life-giving eternal religion. The huts of the poor, not the palaces of the rich, allow these great souls to become intimate with genuine religious traditions. Interesting, he's saying that Buddha and Lord Ram were not born in poor families, in poor situations, right? But both of them left the palace, right? Lord Ram went to the, in, into, and he, he went into the uh, uh, forest, and Lord Buddha became a wandering ascetic, right? Generally, it is the poor who hold fast to God and his dispensation. Perhaps this is why the great teachers of the world are drawn to take birth in poor families. Sharada faced dire poverty from the very beginning of her life. This gave her strength of character, forbearance, practical wisdom, common sense, perseverance, and the ability to, adopt, to adapt to awkward circumstances. Her father owned some agricultural land on which he grew rice and cotton, but was not productive enough to feed the whole family. He had to supplement his income by performing worship in private homes. Shamasundari and little Sharda would pick cotton from the fields and with it make sacred threads worn by Brahmins, thus contributing to the family income. Interesting. Her father would sell, they'd, they'd, they'd make hand spin thread, and from that thread they'd make the, the sacred threads that the Brahmins would wear. Because also traditionally they're, they're worn by, the, they're also made by Brahmins, and the knots, even the knots, the way they're tied, according to their family traditions. What lineage you come to is the different knots that are used. Right, and just uh, now, you know, who knows how they're made and who makes them. <laughs> but I learned to make them. Right, whenever I'm making them, I'm trying to do the knots as, as per the tradition. I'm also thinking a holy mother herself and her father would, as little girl, would make these. I feel I've been following their footsteps on this. Later, Sharda recalled, I would wade neck deep into the water and cut grass for cattle. I used to carry puffed rice in the fields as refreshment. For the co-workers. One year a paddy crop was destroyed by locusts and I gleaned rice stalks from one field after another. I would accompany my brothers to bathe in the Amuda River, which was a Ganga to us. After bathing we would sit on the bank and eat puffed rice before returning home. I was always attracted to the Ganga. The Amuda River is a beautiful, it's, it's a river nearby. It's from her, from her uh, home, it's maybe 300 yards away, and she considered that her Ganga. So when she'd bathe there, she'd think it was the Ganga. She treated that water like underwater. 
When divine beings assume a human, when a, divine beings assume a human form, guardian angels accompany them. Reminiscing about her early life, Holy Mother once said, "A young girl resembling me used to walk with me and help me with my in my work. We had great fun together, but she would disappear as soon as anyone else approached." This experience continued until I was 10 or 11 years old. When I entered the pond to cut grass for cattle, this girl went with me. As I cut and took one bundle to the bank and returned to the water for more grass, I found she already had another bundle ready for me. And she had many such experiences. In, um, uh, uh, when she moved as a young, um, very young bride, you could say, uh, uh, she, she would stay in Kamapakura, Sri Ramakrishna's family home, right? And it's a different, it's, a, it's still a village, but the place which she would bathe is a little more public. And she was extremely shy, right? Uh, 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 especially at an unknown village, a different, uh, the in-laws village. It's a different, not just, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> baggage that comes with that, you know, and, uh, and judgment that comes with that. And so she would go and like, you know, and so she would be embarrassed and scared and like, or whatever. And, but she'd see uh, eight uh, uh, young girls in red saris would come, and they uh, four in front of her and four behind her, and accompany her to, to take bath. And after they take bath, they'd accompany her back and then disappear. So many mysterious things like that happen with Holy Mother. Many people think these are the there's the eight shaktis, the eight attendants of Durga. Durga has eight attendants. Sharda learned how to read and write. But was not con- consider, but, uh, but it was not considered important to educate girls in those days. Later, she described her struggles to learn. I accompanied my brother Prasanna and and cousin Ramnath to our village primary school and learned the alphabet. In Kamapakur, I read Barna Paricha, Part One. Uh, uh, this is a, a, a textbook written by Ishwar Chandra Vidyasagar, who Sri Ramakrishna met. One of the great uh, incredible, not a great educationalist and a great social reformer, right? So it's very significant, even that Holy Mother breaking custom and learning to learning reading uh, uh, books and grammar and reading and like this, right? For the time, right? And then years of using the very textbook that later written by the person that Sri Ramakrishna met, very significant. In the Gospel, you see it's a conversation with, with Vijayasagar, very important conversation is there. Uh, very, his his um, contribution to Bengali culture is is uh, in, uh, extreme, right? Uh, he brought many. Th- he was a very devout Hindu, very traditional. But he brought uh, uh, he did so much to reform the social practices that were not that uh, that were not actually scripturally based. Right? Education was his main field. But anyway, so she studied, she learned this original text. That's this, uh, she said by her own words. But Hridoy, the master's nephew, snatched away the book. Hridoy is the one, when you see Sri Ramakrishna in ecstasy, he's the one holding up. He's a complicated character, right? Even Holy, Sri Ramakrishna said, he served me as much as he tortured me, right? Without Hridoy, he wouldn't have Sri Ramakrishna. He wouldn't have survived his sadhana days. So we cannot dismiss him, right? And also, if it was without Hridoy, he wouldn't have the Lila Prasham, the great master, because so much of that comes, the only person who was present during his sadhana time was Hridoy. Right? And so uh, it was from interviewing Hridoy that we get so much information about Sri Ramakrishna. But he was a complicated person. I've been to his house. Right? You can go uh, to his house in, in near Kampakur, in that same place. But 
he was he stole the books and he said it's not good. Women shouldn't read. It's better immoral if the women read, right? So he stole the. From the very beginning, there's always fights. Holy Mother and Hidori didn't get along. There's many evidence. Hidori made some insult, and then Holy Mother left. Dakshinishwar for quite a long time. One time he actually, we don't know about the separation between Sri Ramakrishna and Holy Mother, but Holy Mother was so upset with Sri Ramakrishna one time that he left and didn't come back and said, "I'll never come back to Dakshinishwar." Didn't come back for over a year. It was over something Hidori said. Hidori said something, and Sri Ramakrishna didn't defend her, and she left. <laughs> But he was stuck also, because if he defended, then he was torturing. I mean, it was a very complicated thing. It's, we don't talk about these things, but Hridoy is seeing this, like, going, ah, the seeds of this, <laughs> of the problem between Holy Mother and Hridoy probably happened <laughs> very, very early on. Hridoy, the master's nephew, snatched away my book. He said, women should not learn to read and write. Are you going to read dramas and novels later on? And you read garbage books. Right. Lakshmi, Lakshmi Didi, or the nephew, a niece of Sri Ramakrishna, was a favorite daughter of the family, so she did not have to give up the, her book. I secretly paid one Anna for another copy. Lakshmi would study in the school and then teach me which, when she returned. While I was in Dakshinishwar, I actually learned well. When the master had to go to Shampukor for treatment in, 18, in 1885, I was left alone. A girl from Baba Mukherjee's family would come and bathe in the Ganga daily, and she would sometimes stay with me for a long time. She used to give me lessons and then test me what I had learned. I shared vegetables with her and other things that I received from the temple authorities. She continued her learning. Sharda and Lakshmi studied the part two of that text together with Sharat, a young son of Pitambar Samanta, the store manager of the Dakshineshwar temple. Sri Ramakrishna arranged this so they could read the Ramayana and other holy books. So actually, Sri Ramakrishna arranged for her continued education, right? But so actually, this is interesting. This is you can get into. There's a lot of uh, cultural, gendered things here, and I don't. I'm not qualified and <laughs> daring enough to put forth any any this thing. But the, the 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 accusation. Oh, if you learn to read, you'll read, you'll, you'll read novels. That will ruin everything, right? And Sri Ramakrishna wanted her to read. Not to read novels, right? He didn't want anybody to read novels. If somebody brought a newspaper into that in, into his room, he'd take it out and sprinkle it with Gunga water. <laughs> he would speak of not even newspapers. The word is he to remove it and, and purify the place, right? The, the reading is for reading the scriptures, right? So it's not just for her, for for me and for you. <laughs> but what how, what are we using our we so much effort it takes to learn to read and write? What do we use it for? Just to to fill the mind with garbage things or to think. What you eat, from purity of food comes purity of mind. From purity of mind comes remembrance of God. Remembrance of God comes liberation from all our verse we read last, last week. Right? So it's also important. Interesting, that place, and another thing. Did you go to, when you were in Jambati, did you go to that school? There's a school that's, that Ramakrishna Mission runs in Jambati. It's a big oh, children's yeah. school. Very, like, this is very wonderful. It's, called, it's considered Holy Mother's School. It was her desire that the women of, Kamp- of Jambati become, the girls of Jambati become educated. Right? And so the Ramakrishna Mission has a very big school, and all ch- boys and girls, everyone is, is educated. You know? <coughs> but it's very interesting, the place where she was not allowed to learn to read, in her name, thousands of children have learned to read and write. So very interesting, that's significant. People learn more about life through observation experiences in the classroom. Little Sharda's earnest training began in her village. 
where she studied the people around her. Her observations eventually helped her to become a great teacher. Sharada's lack of formal education did not stunt her intellectual development. She was born with divine qualities such as purity, humility, self-control, self-sacrifice, non-violence, truthfulness, modesty, detachment, compassion, courage, forgiveness, and fortitude. Her parents taught her how to love and serve others and how to be content with an austere life. She also received practical lessons while helping her father during the worship, cooking and cleaning with her mother and helping to raise the younger siblings. In addition, she became acquainted with the spiritual culture of India by listening to devotional songs sung by minstrels and religious mendicants. She participated in the religious festivals of her village and watched dramas based in Ramayana and Mahabharata and the lives of saints, which left a deep impression on her young mind. We don't... There's so many other channels now (laughs) besides that to watch. Uh, she received first-hand experience of reality as she shared the simple life of the villagers, their struggle for existence, their poverty, and their deaths. They helped her develop a loving and, a, and deep understanding of humanity. I'm skipping a little bit. Sharada later recalled a heartbreaking incident that happened in 1864 when she was 11 years old. Once there was a terrible famine in Jambati, Many starving people came to our house for food, as our previous year's surplus rice was stored in a bin. My father arranged for several potfuls of kitchari made with that rice, mixing it with lentils. He said, all the members of the family will eat this simple food and share it with others, but a little good rice should be cooked for my sharada. Some food is separated for her. Sometimes the hungry people came in such, in such numbers that the kitchari run short and a fresh supply had to be cooked. When the fresh hot kitchari was served on leaf plates, I used to cool, fan it and cool it off to cool it off quickly. Ah, people suffered unbearable hunger pains as they waited. Even when they served, when they're serving free food, right? Even to wait till the kitchari becomes cold is painful because they're so hungry. It's a real poverty, you know, real uh, not poverty, uh, famine. And so this is a very famous scene. Some paintings have been made of it also. At 11 years old, she'd fan the food so it could cool down quickly so that people could, could eat it. One day, a low, class, a low caste woman with shag, shaggy hair and bloodshot eyes came to the house. Unable to bear her hunger, she rushed to the cowshed and began to eat the soaked rice powder from a tub meant for the cattle. We repeatedly told her to come inside the house and eat kitchari, but she was too impatient to wait. Only after eating some rice powder did she listen to our calls. What a terrible famine. After experiencing that suffering, people began to garner paddy during the harvesting time. Is hunger a small thing? Hunger and thirst remain as long as the person has a human body. This terrible scene of hunger and poverty became deeply imprinted on little Sharada's mind. Later, she herself experienced both. Like we know, after Sri Ramakrishna's passing, right, everybody assumed that she was being taken care of, right? And so actually, she was. She went back home, and she was in her village. She was starving in her own. After Sri Ramakrishna was world was almost world famous, right? Right. Uh, at least becoming more and more famous in Bengal, like that. His disciples are doing so much work, and everybody assumed Holy Mother was fine, right? But she herself was starving, so she also had firsthand experience of this. 
She learned to feel for others during the early days of her life, and as empathy is the basis of religion. Despite the advancement of civilization, science, and technology, millions of people go to bed every night with an empty stomach. This is true even in the richest countries of the world. Sharada learned from Ramakrishna that the practice of religion is not possible on an empty stomach. Throughout her life, Sharada enjoyed feeding people. She cooked for her husband and later cooked for her disciples and devotees. This idea that uh, religion is not for the empty stomach, that Swami Vivekananda made a big... He preached at the Parliament of Religion, he also said that. Right? Uh, so the very, his opening talks in America, he mentioned this very point. And he repeated it many, many times. And this is a big thing. that you, to, to actually bring his criticism into Parliament, he was, uh, the Christian missionaries were sending missionaries to India right, to teach religion. He says, one thing India has plenty of is religion, he said. <laughs> we don't, we're not lacking religion. Right? We need food. At that time, it goes, he says, so to teach religion to a hungry man is an insult, is irreligion, he says, right? So, uh, anyway, this has became a big, a major, a major theme. Well, just the first chapter that, that dealt with Sri Ramakrishna, Holy Mother's birth. Uh, I'm not going to, I mean, to tell her life properly would take 816 pages, so I'm not going to <laughs> do like that, but... Uh, uh, many people here know that she she um, uh, she was. There's a scene of how she married Sri Ramakrishna. Is also very sweet and interesting. Um, it may have been for a family uh, festival or family puja or visiting. The way I the way I heard the story when I when I was uh, first in Drambati is that there was a. A kind of a wedding procession near this famous temple, very near where Holy Mother appeared and entered her at the, the vision of, of, the, of the mom in that same vicinity. That's how, it, in my mind, that's how I remember it. I'm not sure if that's exactly right. Uh, so, it was, uh, more or less, the story would be correct. The gist would be right, right? Where there was a wedding party and, and, and there was some, some festival going on and some performances, maybe some dance or some singers or some. Or, uh, 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 a play, a religious play, something like that. And she was five years old, not even five years old, like two or maybe two or three years old, right? Little tiny girl in the mother's arms, right? Watching the thing. And then somebody, a member of the family asked, well, who, well when they saw a wedding party pass, so who are you going to marry? The little girl. You can see we have so many little girls running around. You can imagine kind of teasing the girl this way. And she points to somebody in the crowd, right? And says, I'm going to marry him. And that was Sri Ramakrishna. Right, and Sri Ramakrishna at that time was probably like 18 years old or something, right? You know, uh, in, 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 the, in, in, in the in the in the crowd, right? So they have never met each other. The families were not known, although there wasn't that. It's they're four miles apart or three miles apart to two villages, right? This is a this is a village kind of in between, you could say, kind of on a, a, a third village, where this happened. But uh, very interesting. And then later, when Sri Ramakrishna was going through his ecstasies, and, and, and people began to think he was crazy and uh, uh, became seemingly unbalanced. So the, his parents and decided we should get the boy married. Right? This is obviously a sign that he needs to be married. Right? And much to people's surprise, with Sri Ramakrishna's religious fervor, he didn't disagree. Right? So many, the same things happened with many Sri Ramakrishna's disciples, the, the, the sannyasi disciples. Where when, when the parents had to do that, they'd run away, they'd jump out of the window, they hide, you know, you know, whatever time because thinking you know, they have a different destiny, right? But and very strange, Sri Ramakrishna had such a uh, such a renounced and ascetic nature 
But he said, yeah, he says, okay, no problem, you can arrange, arrange. Because he had, they came together, that's the thing, they were meant to be together. And uh, so they searched and searched and searched and a proper match could not be made by the standards of, the fa- of, of, of his family. Right, not the standard of his family. It's not only it has to. You have to consider caste. You have to consider upbringing. You have to consider the uh, astrology and 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 the, and, uh, and the chart, right? But Sri Ramakrishna's reputation in the village is already. He's a madman, right? To some one of the one of the boys of this village has gone to Calcutta and he's gone crazy. So who's going to marry their young daughter to such a such a being, right? It's not easy. So far, it was getting difficult, and months had passed, and no, no match had been made, right? And this is a different time. So this is a, there was a tradition there that the, uh, uh, very young girls would be married at very young, but it was not really married to be throttled. And Sakli's uh, holy mother was married when she was five years old. I think Sri Ramakrishna was twenty-two, right? But actually, she didn't really meet Sri Ramakrishna again, almost not until she was eighteen, until she came to age seventeen or eighteen. So. Uh, uh, so it's not really marriage, but this is a connection to be throttle, you could say, probably. But so Sri Ramakrishna one time said, he says, oh, well, finally they said, we don't know what to do. We can't find, no, nobody, no good, no good Brahmin family will marry their daughter to you. That's really, let's, let's put it like, frankly. <laughs> not just that we can't find a good match. It's like nobody will marry, nobody will marry you. Nobody will give their daughter to you. Right? Because uh, also not only a bad reputation of being crazy, but how, you know, what do you look for when you when you marry your daughter? Somebody who's going to provide for them, right? Somebody who's going to uh, be uh, provide financially, right? A place in society, right? Uh, to a responsible father of children, right? Sri Ramakrishna at that point was not was not a good candidate for any of these categories. <laughs> <laughs> by modern standards, also <laughs> not just by by a traditional village standards. By modern standards. Right, the more more modern, uh, progressive standards. He doesn't fit most people's category of, of a good husband. Right. So, but so then Sri Ramakrishna said, "No, no, don't." There's a um, in such and such a village, he pointed such and such a village in such and such house in the house of Ramachandra uh, Mukhopadhyay. That the name, I think, uh, Mukhopadhyay or Chatter, I think Mukhopadhyay. Uh, uh, the one who's been marked for me. Right. It's something. Sometimes it said like a mark was a piece of straw. Right, but it's not that we have a, or sometimes earmarked. Actually, the term, I'm forgetting the Bengali, and, and, and I have to look, it take me five minutes to find it again. But actually, it means one who's been, uh, the term he used is like when you, when a farmer, or, uh, you know, when you have, when you're growing, when you have a fruit tree in your house, or a farmer has an has a orchard of fruits, right? The first most beautiful fruit that comes, right? That's, that's usually like a, uh, like a, like a cloth would be tied around it and it'd be tied, right? And so for this way, no, no bird will peck it. Nothing will, no bug will eat it. And that will be set when, it, when they all bloom, when they all mature, that one will be used for puja. That one will be offered to God. The other ones will be sold, eaten by the family and sold, right? That's the way. But the, the best piece is because anything that's been nibbled on by an animal can't be offered, right? So, that's, so, so he used a term, the, the one that's been destined for me has already been tied, this way, it's been separated. It's the best thing, and it's been tied. It's been it's been, uh, it's been set aside to offer to God. The term is used, right? right. Uh, so this, so then they arranged, and then sure enough, the family agreed. They were also having some trouble marrying her, the, the young girl, uh, and there was some drama about their marriage also. But for another another 
discussion. <coughs> and so then, when, then she was, so she she grew up with knowledge of her husband, but rumors, especially in the villages, with this what we're told in the text, that the rumors are very heavy about the the mad priest of Calcutta, the mad priest of Dakshineshwar, and people will look at her, oh, poor, that poor Sharada, in such a good family, she could have had to, she could have been happy in this world, but she is married. She, their parents foolishly married her to, to a madman. Right? And so you can imagine to a young girl to hear about your husband, even though she doesn't know her husband really, but to hear your husband talk about this way, you know, is very painful. So finally when she was 17, 18 years old, the exact age, I don't remember, she told her husband, she told her father, I have desire to bathe in the Ganga. Right? But her father understood that was not what she was actually saying, I want to go see my husband. And that was really what the what the thing was, right? Yeah, and her her father immediately understood what she meant, right? You know, because also out of embarrassment, she wouldn't say, "I want to see, I want to see, I want to go to my husband now," right? So she she said it in that way, and so they arranged a very long journey, sixty miles. They did it on foot, right? And uh, um, uh, and actually, just a few days ago, Swami Ambikananda in India, he's in, in Benares, he, he sent. He posted some pictures. I don't know if you saw the pictures. Uh, uh, there's a room in Banaras where Sri Ramakrishna stayed for several months. We believe he stayed there. Uh, there's a family tradition that he stayed. I believe he stayed there, but there's not like historical proof that he stayed there. And um, uh, and there they have a beautiful painting. That's the first I ever saw of it. We took pictures of it, and now I think it's come. But this is a very beautiful painting of this scene, where Sri where Holy Mother gets separated from. No, no, her Holy Mother in this long walk, it takes many to 60 miles, imagine, you know, barefooted like that, she becomes very sick, right? And maybe dysentery and high fever, right? And, and they have to take shelter at a site in like a local, inn is not the proper, it's a, not exactly a hotel, but a place, it's a covered area where you could rent and pay a little money and sleep on a bed there. It's that type of thing. They still exist on, on these uh, roadways in India. Uh, and then he went to go look for some medicine like this. And she was very high fever and was delirious, right? But in her, you can say delirious or a divine vision, in an altered state, she had a vision where she saw a, um, a, a, a beautiful woman came in a red sari, very black skin, long, long unbound hair, right? and, and sat on her bed and began to stroke her head. Right? He says, what's the matter? You look, you look like you're very sick. He says, oh, I've gotten sick. I have a very high fever. And I'm trying to go to Dakshineshwar to see my husband. He goes, oh, Dakshineshwar. No, I come from there. I'm coming just from there. Your husband's fine. You'll be okay and get there. Right? And then who are you? Right? She, Holy Mother, young Holy Mother asks this, this, this lady, he says, oh, I'm your sister. I live in Dakshineshwar. I've come from there. So many, of course, we, you were to put... Meaning to this, we believe that this is Ma appeared in this way. I come from Dakshineshwar, a black woman with long hair and a red sari, you know. <laughs> That's her, the standard uh, form. And so, and when she got there, she was also very nervous because Sri Ramakrishna was very much an ascetic, right? A very renounced, considered extremely renounced, right? And rumored for being crazy. So, what would happen when she got there? She was very, very nervous, right? But the second she entered, and Sri Ramakrishna realized that who had seen the father, and realizing this is the daughter, right, realized what happened. She said, ah, 
says, uh, look at the almanac. Is it an auspicious day or not that she came? Right? We should make all arrangements for her. Right? And, 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 and he says, oh, if only if, 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 if you had come earlier during Mathur Babu's time, the person who took care of Sri Ramakrishna, he would have made all arrangements for you. Because Mathur Babu, the, he was the, the uh, manager of the temple, the nephew of Rani Rasmani, who was rich, who provided everything Sri Ramakrishna wanted. Sri Ramakrishna said, build her, build her a house, and he would have built her. Right? But now he's, he's gone, and now he's, just a, he's, a, he's a temple priest living in the back room. <laughs> on, on, on a few rupees a, a few rupees a month pay <laughs> so he didn't have the same way to treat, treat her and so she immediately she would say she's not crazy, he's perfectly normal and he's so loving and so accommodating and he considered all my arranging where I was going to sleep uh, make sure I have enough food arrange my bedding everything he arranged himself right? began her training uh, as, her, as his uh, 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 so it turned out he wasn't that he wasn't the type of crazy people had thought. Right, very very different. I think we can talk about Holy Mother forever. I'm gonna I want to read the rest of those hymns, the rest of the verses from the hymn, being enough for this meditation on Holy Mother. First verse we already read at the beginning. Guna gunahita sutam gunahina sutam aparada yuktam kripayaya samudhara mohagatam. Taranim Babasagara Parakarim Pranamami Param Jananim Jagatam. Upon you, upon your children, Gunahitam Sitam Aparayuktam. Upon your children, we are uh, aparad. We are very um, offensive is not the, that's a word we use. Aparad also means crime, criminal. Right? But, you know, aparadu means just fallen or dirty or we've done so many wrong things, right? As we are, you please shower, kripam, uh, kripayad, samudhara, shower your uh, mercy. Uh, upon your children who are fallen and deluded, please shower your mercy upon us. You are the taranim babasagara parakarim. You are the one who helps us cross this ocean of samsara, right? Who Holy Mother is. Parama pranamami param jananim jagatam to you the supreme mother of the universe viva vishayam kushumam paritya sada charanam buju amrita pahuruha amrita shanti shudham piba brim bringa mano bhavaroga haram pranamami param jananim jagatam it gets a very uh, poetic he says just like a, a, a bee, this is a theme of many devotional Shama Sangeet songs also. A bee goes from one flower to another, getting some good experiences and some bad experiences. Right? This is called material life. We, we, we get a sense, the mind goes after various sense objects. Sometimes we get good things, then we get bad things. Right? So the bandi is telling, oh my mind, now the, the, the object of the prayer changes. First it was the holy, now it's to, his, to the mind of the author, to our talking to ourselves, right? Oh mind, give up a flower, these bitter flowers of worldly enjoyment. Right? And sip the nectar of mother's lotus feet. Right? Ma's feet are also flowers. Lotus, the lotus-like feet of the Divine Mother. So don't light on every flower of sense enjoyment, just stay at the feet of the Divine Mother's feet and sip there this nectar. Right. 
But amrita shanti shudham, then those the, the nectar of peace and happiness. Bibabringam mano bhavarogaharam. Oh, be of my mind. They are the remover of the disease, bhavarogaharam. They remove the, uh, the disease of worldliness and suffering. We bow to you, Supreme Being, Mother of the world. Kripamayim, Kripam Kuru Mahadevi, Suteshu Pranateshu Cha, Charanasraya Danena, Kripamayi Namustute. Give us your mercy, great goddess. Give your mercy, great goddess, to your children bowing before you. Grant a shelter at your feet, O Kripamayi, O compassionate goddess. Pajapata Vritam Nityam. Sorry, I mispronounced it. Laja Patavrittam Nityam Sharada Jnana Dayake Papibhyona Sada Rakshaha Kripamai Namustute. This is the word. Although covered in the veil, in pictures we see her face, right? But actually, in the village she was uncovered. She was free. Actually, she liked this whole chapter in Samaji's book on, on how happy she was in her village. In her village, nobody controlled her. She was a daughter of the village, and she 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 moved as she wanted. She she uh, she could interact with everybody. Calcutta has it's a city. A city has a different culture, and then she was living in the in Udbodan house, which is uh, run by the Ramakrishna Mission, right? Which has its own protocols, right? And and so there, she she felt like a, she described her as like a caged bird when she was in Calcutta, but thousands of people could see her, right? But how do you see her? You they'd the, the women had more access, right? But then it came for the men to have darshan. The men would come and she'd, she'd sit in the chair and she'd cover herself with a shawl and you completely covered her face and the people couldn't see her face. And she'd stick out, they'd uncover just her toes. And the people would come and touch her toes. <laughs> like was people's experience of her. <laughs> so she completely covered by the modesty of, 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 the, of, of Calcutta of that time. In the village she was free, right? Uh, she people would come to visit her, and she, you know, the, the equivalent of kissing them on the cheek, you know, touch their chin, and you know, people would have such intimate relationships with her, with her, right? She'd serve their food and clean their plate. But in Calcutta, it was come in, see somebody covered in cloth, and one toe would stick out, and you touch the toe, <laughs> and go. Very different, you know. So although covered by this veil of modesty, you are Sharada. You are the goddess herself. You're the goddess of wisdom. You're the one who gives all. All, all wisdom, all knowledge, all art. You, you, you uh, protect us always from all sins, O compassionate one. Rama Krishna Gata Pranam Tannama Shravayam Priyam Tadbhava Rajitankaram Pranamami Muhur Muhur. This is beautiful. Your life is one with Ramakrishna's. You delight in remembering his name. Your personality is soaked in his bhava and his moods and experiences. We bow to you again and again. Not only is his life, her life is so intertwined with Sri Ramakrishna that other places in her pranam mantra says you are you exist in Sri Ramakrishna uh, like the the like the burning power exists within fire. Right. So fire is nothing without burning power. Right. But that's very interesting because not only we say, oh, you, the devotee thinks of God so much without, without God, they're nothing. But that, that's not the symbol, that's not the metaphor. Right? Without the burning power, fire is nothing. Right? She, she is so entwined in, in, in with Sri Ramakrishna that without her, Sri Ramakrishna does not exist. He's his, she's her, his, 
she's his shakti, right? So they're, they're, uh, it's not only that she's devoted to him, that's true, right? But without her, he has no power to manifest. He's his shakti. Right? Your life is one with Ramakrishna. Pavitram charitram yasyaha. Pavitra. Pavitra means pure, right? We bow to who? Who's one whose charitra, whose life, whose story, his life story is purity, or pure, is, is pure or purifying, right? You see, you meditate upon Holy Mother's life, it's very, it's pure from beginning to end, and we become pure. Pavitram jivanam tata. Your very life, your jiva breathes purity. Pavitram sarupanyi. You are the very embodiment. Your very, your very nature is purity itself. Not, you are not... To say that she's pure is okay. Right? That's true. To say that she's purifying is also true. But the reason she's pure is because she's purity. In the world of duality, we think somebody... We, we've talked about this in our Kali Sasanam classes. Oh, Kali is uh, 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 um, fierce. Or Kali is loving. Right? In the world of duality, we separate and we attribute these qualities to God. She's, God is powerful, God is fierce, God is loving. Right? But we're stating things in the world of language, we're separating and, and making distinct statements about something that's not dual. Right? She's not angry, she's anger. She's not loving, she's love. She's not beautiful, she's beauty. Right? So here is this way of saying she's purifying and she's pure, but she could be, why? Because she's purity itself. Uh, Pavitram sarupin sarupa. Your very nature is purity itself. Right? Tasmai, tasmai kurmonamon. We bow to you again and again. Last few verses. Devim prasanam pranana pranata. When I sing it, I'm fine. I've never, I can't, I can't speak it. Devim prasanam pranatrihantrim. Yogendra pujam yugadharma patrim. Tam Sharadam Bhakti Vigyana Datrim Dayasurupam Pranamaminityam Devim Prasanam Pranatatri Hantrim You are that Devim, you are the goddess who removes the miseries of her devotees' hearts. Yogindra Pujam Yugadara This is my favorite line and I think it's so theologically significant and so poetic. Yogindra Pujam Yugadharma Patrim so, Patrim, you are the wife of who? Who, are, who is your husband? Right? Yogindra. Yogindra Pujam. He's the one that's worshipped by the king of yogis. The greatest of yogis. King of yogis could be Lord Indra himself, but the yogi, or Yogindra could be Lord Shiva himself. Right? You know, or, but, or among all the yogis, the greatest of yogis, you're the, the one that you're married to is the one that the, the great yogis... They, they worship. The king of yogis worship. Or the worshipable lord of yogis, another way to say it. The one, you know. And then, Yugadharma uh, and, and Pujam Yugadharma Patrim. And the one who brought the Yugadharma, the religion of this age, the Dharma of this age. So the one you marry, the one that you're the wife of, the one who is your husband, if you can use that language, and if a little boy doesn't say, no, Bhagavati Bhagavan, right? If, uh, uh, is the one who the, the yogis, the worshipable lord of all yogis, right? And the one who brought the avatar, who brought the, 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 the religion of this age, Yugadharma Patrim. 
Tam Sharadam Bhakti Vigyana Datrim. That Sharada, that of course Sharada means Holy Mother, but Sharada means Ma Saraswati. The giver of, of uh, and Saraswati's nature, she gives wisdom. Uh, Bhakti Vigyana Datrim, the giver of devotion and the giver of Vigyana. Actually, Vigyana, uh, Jnana means wisdom or knowledge. Vigyana, Sri Ramakrishna describes as like realized knowledge or the fruit of knowledge. So it's not just education. Saraswati gives education, right? But uh, Holy Mother says she's Vigyana Datrim. She gives, and the, the, the famous uh, example Sri Ramakrishna gives between Jnana and Vigyana, is, uh, we, we were, yesterday I think we, we mentioned that Jnana is to know that milk comes from a cow, right? And you can get that, that's, you know, I, we've all learned that, you know, maybe... I don't know, some people, about half people in this room have probably seen milk come from a cow. Other people have only seen milk in cartons. And, 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 and on TV shows and, and pictures, you know it comes from a cow. We don't have much experience, right? But no, you can be educated. No, milk comes from a cow, right? And, or, you can, or you can get some experience. You can see milk comes from a cow. Maybe you've milked a cow, right? Then you know like that. So that's jnana, a type of experience, either education or, or expertise, or experience like that. But Vigyana, as Sri Ramakrishna says, somebody who not only knows, but has milked the cow, and drank the milk, and been nourished by the milk. That's very different. Right? It's like, it's not just, it's not just experiential knowledge, it's realized knowledge, it's matured knowledge. Right? right? The very knowledge, the very uh, nourishment it takes to know that milk comes from a cow, that comes from drinking milk. Right? You know, in, in this example. So you're vigyana, you're the giver of that level of, 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 um, ner- of, of experience. Daya surupam pranamami nityam. Oh, daya surupam, the embodiment of, you are, you can say the embodiment of, of compassion or compassion itself. It's like pavitram surupam, compassion itself. Snehena bhadnashi manos madiyam dosha nashesham siguni karosi ahetuna no dayase suroshan swanke grit Binding our minds with the core, the bonds of love, tying us with love, right? With your love, you transform our vices into virtues. This is a beautiful line, right? Our sin turns into virtue. Our 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 uh, um, sin is. We had a long conversation this, yesterday about sin may not be the right word. Papa is the opposite. Of virtue, so our merit, our 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 bad qualities about it, turn into good qualities. Right. Oh, compassionate, you are without consideration of merit because why is it you you do not consider our, our our qualifications at all? You turn our bad qualities into good qualities, and you overlook our bad qualities. That's how it works. You know, somebody's compassionate to you. We do. If somebody doesn't see, you may have bad bad qualities, and you come to that person who doesn't see your bad qualities. Your bad qualities change. In such a setting, right? Somebody says, "No, you're a sinner." Immediately, that that doesn't make your bad quality, your sins go away. <laughs> it may or may not be true. May, maybe you are a sinner, but somebody saying you're a sinner, that doesn't change anything. Somebody say, "No, come, my child, you're perfect. Come, 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 come." Slowly, your your nature changes. Very important. Prasida mata yache nityam bhavasne havati suteshu pramayika bindum chitte. Vishinta chittam kuruna susnantam. Give us your blessing, O Mother, and grant us, grant what we seek. 
So what is it we seek? Be ever affectionate to your children and casting even one drop of your love on our long parched hearts. Render them cool and peaceful. Long parched hearts is a very good meditation right now. Everything's dry and windy. and dry. Yeah. We're looking for one drop of rain to come down and end, end this emergency we're in. Like this. One drop of her love will, will, will nourish, will change it. And then the famous pranam uh, uh, that we use for her. Om Jananim Sharadam Devim Ramakrishnam Jagat Guram. Jananim Sharadam Devim. You are, Janani, you, oh, you are, uh, oh Sharada Devi, you are the mother of the world. Jagat Jananim. And Ramakrishnam Jagat Gurum. And Ramakrishna is a teacher of the world. So then we know how to think of Bhagavan Bhagavati in this, in this unique incarnation. Right? One has manifested as teacher, one has manifested as mother. But these categories are not absolute. There's a very big section in this book, uh, Holy Mother as Guru. And Sri Ramakrishna, how many, okay, everybody, everybody knows, how many disciples Sri Ramakrishna have? Lots. Hmm? Lots. Lots. Direct disciples? Direct disciples? Direct disciples, yeah, let's see. Let's, let's, let's test you. 16. Ah, that's very good. Hmm? 11. 11, that's also very good. All of you are wrong. <laughs> Right? We think 16 or 17 monastic disciples, right? How many of those were, were initiated by Sri Ramakrishna? By disciple, do you mean somebody who got diksha? Right? It depends. Disciple means different things. Holy Mother defines disciple as the one who gives you mantra as your guru. Right? You know, that's a, there's different types. There's shiksha gurus, the one who gives teachings. There's, uh, there's, there's diksha gurus, the one who gives mantra. There's sannyas guru who gives you sannyas. There's, uh, there's, some, there's dance gurus. There's all kinds of gurus. But we, we think... Who do you, of course, they all claim to be Sri Ramakrishna as their guru because they, he was tra- they're trained by him. But actually, Swami Vivekananda, we know, was initiated, but he received a Ram Mantra at one point, something like that. Um, some people, it says that Sri Ramakrishna wrote a mantra on their lip, on their tongue. But he didn't, they don't know what he wrote on their tongue. But their mind became absorbed in meditation. And then there's, there's different types of diksha, some is by touch, right? Shaktipad diksha, and some of it by look. Like that, so they had some experiences and controlled the mind. But the classic thing was like you come, you bring some dakshina, a piece of fruit, and a flower, and you sit on this asana, and then I whisper a mantra in your ear, you teach you how to chant it on your fingers, now go do sadhana. If you have any problems, call me. Right? Write me a letter like that. That almost nobody. Right? Some householders, maybe. Some disciples, some of the sannyasi disciples, maybe. Right? Right? Uh-uh. Almost all of his disciples were later initiated by Holy Mother. Even M was initiated by Holy Mother. Right? Although you can say it's M is a disciple of Sri Ramakrishna, but actually he took Diksha from Holy Mother. Right? Uh, 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 Holy Mother started giving Diksha with Swami Yogananda. Right? And so he appears, it says that Sri Ramakrishna appeared to Holy Mother and says, initiate Yogan. Right? This boy. And, and Holy Mother, that I would think, Holy Mother was not known. She was, not, she, was high, she was covered in a cloth. She never talked to men at that point, you know. And she's and so I don't remember if he said it generally or or she said to the vision Sri Ramakrishna appeared after his like that. I've never even spoke. I've never even spoken to Yogan. How am I going to initiate him? Right. I never. These people have never even seen my faith. How am I going to initiate them? Right. But he appeared many, three, four times. Such visions happened. So they initiate Yogan. And so then, how do you think? I never talked to Yogan. <laughs> right. So through I think through Gopalma or Yogan Ma, so a couple of stronger. Sri Ramakrishna had some very some women disciples that were very um, 
not covered and not shy, right? They're, they're very strong, very independent, very powerful, manifested, socially very powerful people, right? And so you ask him, right? Ask him if, he's an, if, if Thakur ever gave him mantra, ever gave him diksha. And so she asked, uh, one of them asked uh, Yogan, and he says, no, that type of diksha like that, he's never done. Right? So then she arranged somehow or another. The first diksha was Yogan, right? Some yog, some Yogananda. And then, but then thousands of people were initiated by Holy Mother. Right? Even Sri Ramakrishna amongst not only his initiated disciples, whatever that number may be, we can make, we can make a list of people we, that we have evidence of, right? <coughs> Even one time he was joking. He says, Keshav Sen, a very famous person at that time, had thousands of disciples, followers. Not the initiated, but followers. And so he was joking with one of his nephews or something like that. He says, how many, let's make a count how many disciples I have. Right? And they gathered, and there were like 20, 30 people that were regularly coming to him. And he says, but he's so famous, and I have so few disciples. <laughs> kind of joking like that, you know. Not knowing, who knows. The only reason we know Keshav Sen because he's mentioned the Gospel of Ramakrishna. <laughs> You know, the, the, the Sri Ramakrishna's influence would grow. But, uh, uh, so, by saying Sharada is the mother of the world, Sri Ramakrishna is the guru of the world. But, interesting, you know, we, we, uh, she's the mother, but she's also, she was actually the mother of his disciples, but also the guru of his disciples. So, so her, the, the, the distinctions are not so, are not so distinct. Not so, uh, uh, and Sri Ramakrishna, we think, of course, we know Holy Mother, we think of, oh, she is motherly, Right. Right, and she's uh, she's everyone's mother. She has a mother. Anybody who approached her was mother. She gave everything, you know. But Sri Ramakrishna is also the mother of the world, <coughs> right? So, so I mean, found in uh, something that's never been published. Very exciting. Uh, M, uh, his Bengal in his. There's many, many. He had enough notes to do two more volumes of the Katamrita, right? He he died uh, after editing the fifth volume. Right, so we have five volumes. But he had, he believed he could, he could create two more volumes from his notes. But his notes are not readable. I mean, you can't from his notes you can't generate the scenes, and because he'd take his notes and then he made and he re, and he recreate the scenes and the and and the discussion back and forth and like that. Right? There's not. It's just I've seen pic, photocopies of some of the pages. It's not easy. You can't generate a book out of those. Right? But there's a few lines that have that are very interesting. A few pages of Chitra and saw. That we that aren't that never made it in another in a book, I think the book on M he put it in he he, he put it in there. one. So we think oh, if you think of we believe if you think of Sri Ramakrishna, we, we, we identify Sri Ramakrishna was Kali, right? He's Kali's child and he's got incarnation. And we also he's an avatar of Kali, in that sense. So we think of so you can see and there's places where he say intimately that if you think of me it's like thinking of her, right? If you worship Sri Ramakrishna you're worshiping Kali, right? But in this one thing, he tells M that if you think of her, meaning Bhavaturini, it's the same as thinking of me. It's a very interesting. It's very different. If you think of Kali, it's the same as worshiping Sri Ramakrishna, right? Very. That's a very different idea, you know. So the Guru of the world is also the mother of the world. The mother of the world is also the Guru of the world. Om Jananim Sharadam Devim Ramakrishnam Jagat Gurum Padapadme Tayostritva. Taking shelter at your lotus feet, we bow to them again and again. Bow to the Divine Mother, Devi. <coughs> Who Sharada Devi is, we've not even come close to this, the thinking about, but a few scenes from her, her, her childhood, her birth. And actually, every, it says that, that her very life is pure and purifying. 
right? You can see we've only read of uh, meditate a few scenes from her childhood, a few scenes of a, um, a few precursors to her marriage. We even, I mean, each one of these things can be discussed. Everything is quite amazing, right? Sri Ramakrishna was the fact that the more you read about, uh, think about, meditate uh, Sri Ramakrishna's words or about his life, it, it becomes more, even more amazing than you think. This is what we found. More researchers and every new detail is like, how is this possible? <laughs> right? And Holy Mother is even more mysterious. Swami Vivekananda made a statement, a very important statement, right? uh, that of Sri Ramakrishna's greatness, we know something. Right? Ramakrishna missions everywhere. You know, uh, even Sri Ramakrishna said, I'll be worshipped in every home. Well, practically, it's almost done. In India, it's almost already done. Right? He, he was like, uh, uh, his, 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 the influence of his teachings have, have influenced worldwide culture, has changed Hinduism, has changed Christianity. Right? We can give details of this, that even if you ask a born-again Christian something, the answer they give is not in the Bible, it's from, the, from Vivekananda Ramakrishna. The influence has, has, has permeated everything. Right, uh, uh, so we know something, but we know something. He didn't say we know everything of his greatness, right? Maybe one percent of, uh, 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 of of who Sri Ramakrishna was. But he says, but her, meaning Holy Mother, we have known nothing of her greatness, right? That it, she's been she's remained entirely hidden, right? So we can see even we're saying that we're actually not saying anything, right? Ramakrishna, we know something. We can say something. Holy Mother, we know nothing. We can't say anything. What her greatness is. But so whoever Ramakrishna is, whoever Sri Ramakrishna is, whatever we accept Sri Ramakrishna is, of whose greatness something we know, something can be said and can be argued for. He said that he doesn't know who she he cannot comprehend who she is. Right? And he said and then there's a famous scenes where if the one who who lives over there pointing to her, her house, her room, right, was ever angry with me, I'd be finished. Right, you know. <laughs> So the who know who knows, and then there's a, a very great uh, scene of Gorima, one of the great uh, female uh, disciples of Sri. Actually, a disciple of Sri Ramakrishna. We know for a fact he initiated and gave sannyas to Gorima. She's not listed usually in, in either of the lists. But she's both by Diksha, and she was five years old, and by sannyas when she was a, an older old, uh, adult woman of Gorima. So one time, Holy Mother and Sri Ramakrishna are both there, and 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 trying to put her in a bit of an of a, of a embarrassing situation, kind of playfully. So who's, 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 who's superior, me or her? Right. She's an attendant of Holy Mother, right? but she's a disciple of Sri Ramakrishna, who she thinks is God himself. Right. So what do you have to So he, she, 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 she quoted a song, uh, 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 I think a Bengali song. I've, I've, seen, I've seen it in the original, but I don't remember if it's Bengali or Hindi. Uh, a devotional song that says that everyone when they're suffering they're calling out the name of Krishna to, to begging Krishna to come and save them from their suffering but when Krishna is suffering and he's in agony he plays his food to attract Radha he's trying to get Radha's help right and so he she simply stated this song and Sri Ramakrishna says ah you're very 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 uh, what's the word uh, um Diplomatic or careful, you know, very, very. You've given a very, very. You've answered without answer in a way that I can't, that you can't get caught, you know. But also admitting that you're God, but God higher than God is Shakti, right? Radha is higher than Krishna is God, the source of everything. But Krishna's God is 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 Radha, right? So it's mysterious who Sharadev actually is, 
And one time somebody asked, some Rupananda, I think, he says that, uh, uh, he says, well, who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm your mother. What are you, why are you calling? You know who I am. He says, no, no. But, like, if Sri Ramakrishna is God, then who are you? If he's the avatar, if he's Vishnu, or if he's Shiva, whatever, he's everything, but like, then who are you? He says, who do you, it's, oh, no, to me, he's, he's my God, he said. He says, no, you, you also, he accused, of, he accused Holy Mother that you're also trying to get out of it, right? Because in, in super-Orthodox, Brahminical culture in the village, every husband is the God of the, the, the wife supposed to worship the husband like Ram, right? He says, I don't mean like that, that's, you're getting out of the question. I mean, actually, no, no, no. I mean it in both ways, right? Both as a, as a wife, sees her husband as God, but actually he's God. And therefore, I, that's why it's like that. And then, 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 then in that case, if that's the case, who are you? All right, you know, then she, you know, she, was, she was trying to pin her down to a, a statement of self-revelation, not just our, our belief in faith and Holy Mother, right? So she tried to get out a little bit, but she finally, and he says, okay, I'm, I'm just as he is, I'm like that, right? And then, do you ever remember? That's another thing. Do you ever remember who you are? He says, sometimes. Right? Time to time. And then she gave the example of when she appeared, uh, she manifested as Bhagalamukhi. There's a scene which we won't, because we're already eight minutes late for RIT, so we won't say now. But she manifested many times as forms of the goddess, as Bhagalamukhi. Many people saw her as Jagadamba, as Kali, as Durga, as Lakshmi, as Annapurna, as Shitala Devi, as Sita, as Radha. Even people saw her as Mary, people saw her as Krishna, people saw her as Ram, people saw her, you know, you can go through she, people, people's visions or realizations or even self-revelation, even direct statements. But she, Sri Ramakrishna described her, Sri Ramakrishna described her as, maybe somebody here knows that saying, what that's Bengali saying, it's basically a, a cat that's that covered in ash. A cat that goes into, into the fireplace and it rolls in the ash and it comes out so you can't see what color it is. Right, ash-covered cat or something. It's like Swami Chaitananda quotes the Bengali. It's a, a, a sweet thing, meaning that you're covering your nature. She's like that, which she actually she's covered herself. She does Ramakrishna dancing ecstasy. We can see something. It should it over the milk overboiled with Sri Ramakrishna. So we got we got a little taste of burnt milk everywhere. We know something. We know he's milk at least in that example. Right? Holy Mother, she's covered herself. We don't know who she is. But whoever she is, Pranamami Muhur, Muhur uh, Parama, uh, we bow to her again and again. Jai Ma Sharada Devi, Jai Takaram Krishna. Arti. Jai Ma Kali. Stop.